as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Good Friday is a day that we must come to terms with. It's an incredibly dark day. If you really engage with this story, if you really enter in to hear and feel what's going on here, you'll, you'll feel the gravity of this night. You'll feel the, the weight and the sorrow of the death of the Son of God, the death of Jesus Christ. We walk through the story in some detail on Good Friday because we have to go back to it time after time after time because this is, as Paul says, one of the things of first importance, is of primary importance that Christ died for our sins according to Scriptures. We've just heard the story. It starts with Christ died. What, what, what Paul says is of first importance that, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. It starts with the hard news that, that Jesus Christ died. An innocent man, as we have heard, who's first arrested out of jealousy and then pronounced guilty of blasphemy by his own people and then betrayed by his close friend and handed over to a crowd's wishes by a weak Roman ruler and then abused and mocked by soldiers and finally, in the end, executed on a Roman cross. If you have any sense of justice or any sense of empathy, the story is enough to make you hang your head and feel the weight of, of pain and sadness and darkness of what has happened here. But then the reason for this display, this massive display of injustice strikes us. Christ died for our sins. Those two songs that we just heard tell the truth. Who was the guilty? Who brought this upon thee? Alas, my treason, Jesus, hath undone thee. Twas I, Lord Jesus, I it was denied thee. I crucified thee. Or again, mine, mine was the transgression, but thine the deadly pain. Lo, here I fall, my Savior, tis I deserve thy place. Some of us have a very sharp feeling of our own sin. It's clear to us that we deserve to be in the place of our Savior, that we deserve the death that He died. We know that we are sinners. We feel like sinners. And so it breaks our heart to see the righteous Son of God, the Holy One, on the cross for us. But that's not really the standard fare of our culture. In our context, the prevailing feeling is that we're generally good people, and the prevailing feeling is that I don't really have to own up to my fault. If you're not sure what I'm getting at, listen to a public apology someday. It goes something like this. I'm sorry that you were offended by what I did or by, why, by what I said. It's the non-apology apology. It's, it's you did something wrong in hearing or interpreting what I did, but the problem's not with me. The problem's with you. See, a true apology says, I am in the wrong. I deserve punishment, and so I am sorry. But a 21st century American apology says, it's too bad that, that you took what I said or what I did the wrong way. Imagine on Good Friday saying this to God, I am sorry that you took my actions or my thoughts or my words in the wrong way. You know, Good Friday cuts through all that nonsense of our way of apologizing without really taking any credit, and it brings us face to face with the dark, hard reality of our own sin. 
the terrible gravity of what it means for us to have rebelled against the God who created all things, the holy creator of the universe. So if you're ever tempted to think that sin is not a big deal, if you're ever tempted to think that, that disobeying God doesn't really matter, that it's something he can just sort of wink and, and pass off, then you go back to Good Friday and you look at the cross of Jesus Christ and you see that there is a terrible cost to this. This is serious business. Sin is a deadly serious thing. That's why it's of first importance. Christ died for our sins. And then if we're following with Paul, we learn that this was part of God's plan. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. All through the Bible, the consistent message is that we need God. If we're to be rescued, if we're to have any hope of rescue, it has to come from God Himself because humans are never capable of doing it themselves. It's a consistent witness of the Bible. And so through his prophets, God spoke of a rescue to come. He spoke of a rescuer to coming. And we might not understand it at the time, he said, but the rescuer is coming. And so, for example, we hear this great passage in Isaiah 53. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. See, the people who were watching that first Good Friday when Jesus was dying on the cross, they might have gotten the wrong impression. They might have thought that this meant that Jesus was not the true Messiah, that he was some kind of pretender, that this isn't really the Son of God. After all, look at how weak he looks. Look at how powerless he looks on the cross. But here the prophet, the moment when he looks weak, he is accomplishing the great victory of God. The moment when it looks like God is not in control, like, like this man is not God's son, this is the very moment when God is accomplishing what he set out to accomplish. This is God's wisdom and God's power on magnificent display. So you and I are finite. We are really imperfect humans. We have a very limited scope of knowledge, a very limited perception of what's happening. It's easy for us to fail to understand who God is and what God has done. But God has displayed his character and his plan in breathtaking fashion. It's what Paul testified to. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That's why the death of Jesus is good news for us. That's why this Friday is Good Friday. It's truly a good Friday because terrible though it is that that Jesus, our Savior, the, the Son of God, as terrible as it is that he would die, it is God's power and God's glory on display for us and for our salvation. See, this is an open invitation to all sinners, to all who have rebelled against God. Come and find healing the cross of Jesus Christ. See, that's where all of us start. We start off as sinners. Every single person who has found life in Christ has started off as a sinner. So we could go to to any number of places in the Bible. One example is in Colossians chapter 1. Paul says, once you were alienated from God, you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you 
holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. See, that's why we celebrate Good Friday. Because the Son of God has come to save sinners like us. People who were God's enemies because of our evil thinking, who are now holy in God's sight because of the death of Christ on the cross. And now we have the opportunity on this Good Friday to celebrate the meal that Jesus gave his followers, a meal that he says is meant to proclaim the death of Christ until he comes again. This is a meal for those who have, retur- have uh, repented of their rebellion against God and have received the forgiveness that Christ offers by putting their whole life, their whole trust in his hand. So if you have put your life in Christ's hand, we invite you to take this meal with us. If you've not yet made that decision and found life in him, we ask that you'd refrain from doing that because the meal simply does not make sense for you yet at this point. And our hope and our prayer is that one day you'll be able to celebrate this meal with us in union with Christ, to celebrate that Christ died for you.